Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS Comedy Show, My Favorite Husband. In this first episode, we find the Coopers in their house when all of a sudden their one of their beloved friends, Miss Iris Atterbury, is running for her life and panically knocks on the door for Liz to let her in. So Iris tells Liz that there's a big old bear in her backyard. But Liz informs Iris that it's not a bear, it's George's raccoon coat for him and Mr. Atterbury. So Mr. Adbury and George are going to a homecoming game. So the girls try to tell the guys that they're not going this year like they normally do. But unfortunately for the girls, the guys are not taking them. So the girls hatch a plan to try their best to learn about football. They go to Mr. Adbury's house thinking that they have the right book for football but unfortunately for the girls, they don't know that the football book that Mr. Atterbury has is not for American football, but Australian football called rugby. So unfortunately for the girls, the boys go by themselves and the girls have to watch it from the Atterbury's home on the TV. When all of a sudden, the camera points up to the guys and the guys are sitting not side by side but between two beautiful attractive young women and unfortunately for the girls they think that they're cheating on them by bringing those two girls to the game instead of them. So the girls are bound and determined to find a way to get into the game. And then as soon as they get up to confront their husbands, chaos ensues through the whole stadium. And it is called the football game. And in this next episode, we find the Coopers once again. Liz and George are telling each other goodbye. When George has some unfortunate news for Liz. He's invited his mom over for dinner. So that night, George tells Liz that they're going to have company for dinner on Monday. It's going to be 12 people, 10 including Mr. and Mrs. Atterbury, and including the Coopers. So Liz ends up telling Katie and Katie informs Mrs. Cooper that she is going on vacation on Sunday. So Mother Cooper has a wonderful idea. Why doesn't Liz cook the dinner? And then Mother Cooper and George start laughing. Liz does not find it very humorous and is going to prove them wrong by cooking the dinner herself. So, her beloved friend, 
Iris Atterbury comes over to help Liz cook. And while Iris is gone, Liz's chicken almondine from a French recipe turns into a disaster. And it is called Cooking Liz Cooks for 12 People. I hope you guys enjoy Mr. Richard Denning and Miss Lucille Ball in the CBS comedy show, My Favorite Husband. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. It's the Gay Family Series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper, two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the little town of Sheridan Falls, it's morning, and Iris Atterbury is coming up the walk of the Cooper home at 321 Bundy Drive. Suddenly, she gets a horrified look on her face and starts running up the steps. Shut the windows. Call the police. There's a bear in your backyard. A bear? He must have escaped from the zoo. He's standing right in the middle of the yard, pawing the air. My goodness, a bear in a... Oh, Iris. Oh, that's no bear. It isn't? No. Football season is here. I'm airing George's raccoon cold. <laughs> oh, what a relief. <laughs> Let me sit down. Oh, I shouldn't have run so hard. Iris, your heart... No, I snapped a bone in my corset. (laughs) But the real pain is thinking of football season and those two juvenile idiots we're married to. Oh, I just got a mental picture of them in their official costume. Raccoon coats, rooters caps, cowbells, and ukuleles. (laughs) Please, I haven't had breakfast yet. Well, George is going to look different this year anyway. I found something wonderful, and I'm going to go over his raccoon coat with it. What is it? An electric razor. (laughs) You wouldn't dare. No, I'm yellow. (laughs) Yeah, I guess there's no fighting it, Liz. When's the homecoming football game? This weekend. No, no. This is D-Day minus three. And I have big news for you, Iris. I'm not going. (gasps) Do you realize what you're saying, girl? I certainly do. I might endure having my feet frozen in a windy stadium, and I could possibly struggle through those stupid card stunts at halftime, but I'll be darned if I'll march in another torchlight parade wearing George's pajamas. (laughs) You should talk. How do you think I feel wearing Rudolph's nightshirt? <laughs> well, I'm through. Let them go along. Gosh, Liz, do you think they would? After all, we've gone to every homecoming with them for the past ten years. Well, I went because I wasn't too sure some college babe wouldn't make a pass at George. But now he's gained enough weight and lost enough hair so I don't have to worry. <laughs> 
wonderful idea, Liz, but you know Look, I... look, it's their school. Let them go through this sophomoric routine by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, girl. No matter how much they beg us, we won't go. Yeah. <laughs> After all, do our husbands tell us what to do? Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, no. <laughs> okay, we'll lower the boom on them at dinner tonight. Please don't interrupt us, Liz. This is a delayed locomotive. Delayed locomotive, heck. It's retarded development. (laughs) Now, will you please eat something? Oh, who cares about eating? Come on, boy. Let's get over to the piano and run over our alma mater. That's what I'd like to do with a steamroller. (laughs) Shall we break the news to them now, Liz? Right now. And remember, no matter how much they beg us, we're not going to that lousy homecoming with them. Okay, boy. Wait a minute, fellas. We have something to talk to you about. Yes, the homecoming game this weekend. Oh, good. Uh, We wanted to talk to you about that, too. Uh, Yes, yes. George and I talked it over, and we aren't taking you this year. Uh... (laughs) Okay, boy. You don't want to go. I'll tell you when I don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. What are you yelling about? You hate football. I do not. I love it. Me too. Gosh, you don't think we'd want to miss State's big game, do you? Well, I certainly do. Why, George, it's homecoming. Now I've heard everything. Look, Liz, every year you complain bitterly. Have you forgotten your frozen feet in that windy stadium? Frozen? Why, what could be more invigorating than a gentle autumn breeze around my hot, stuffy legs? <laughs> Lotus bud, you remember when State scored and the fellow in back poured coffee on your head and dropped a hot dog down your back? Wait a minute. What are you fellas up to? Why don't you want us to be there? Yeah. (laughs) We were only thinking of you. (laughs) Believe me, Lotus Bud. Don't Lotus Bud me. I know why you want to go alone. If I'm there, you can't ogle the co-eds. I can, too. (laughs) I mean, I don't anyway. Not much. That's what it is, Iris. They want to look at the girls. They want to watch the co-eds shake their pom-poms. Look, I'll tell you the truth, Liz. Well, it's about time. 
in addition to always complaining about being dragged along on homecoming week, you get on our nerves because you don't like football and you don't know anything about it. Is that so? Yes. So we thought everybody would be happier if you stayed home. Gad, how well put. (laughs) Well, for your information, Buster, we know plenty about football and we love it. Sure. I can hardly wait to get to the game Saturday and watch that old quarterback make a home run. (laughs) Iris, no wonder they think we don't know anything about football. It's not a home run, it's a touchdown. Oh, and it isn't a quarterback, it's a second baseman. Shame not to take them along, George. Wouldn't they love to see the jockey run 65 yards to a knockout? (laughs) Well, I guess this settles it, Liz. You don't know the first thing about football, and you're not going with us. But you, George! And there's no use wheedling, either. Well, what if we learned all about football? (laughs) Well, if we learn, will you take us? Oh, sure, sure. (laughs) Then we'll learn. Come on, Iris, let's get started on it right now. Okay. (laughs) How do you learn to play football? I don't know. Is it... Wait, I just remembered. Rudolph has a book on it. Oh, good. I remember seeing it in the attic years ago. Well, let's go and get it. All right, and get... Hey, wait a minute. What? I thought we didn't want to go to that game. We don't. Well, then what's all this fuss about? Iris, when our husbands plan to have a good time without us, we're going to have a good time with them, even if it makes us miserable. Come on. Uh, I think the book's over on this side of the attic in this old trunk. Yeah. Oof, how dusty. Yeah. I hear it is. <clears throat> Say, hmm? it's dated 1906. Oh, that's all right. The rules never change in football. <laughs> Let's see it. Here. Who wrote the book, Liz? Red Grange? Ty Cobb? No, it must be this guy who has his name on the cover. Rugby. <laughs> I think he invented the game. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Now, pay attention and I'll read it. Go ahead, teacher. Uh, the game is played with two teams, one against the other. Well, I already knew that. Me too. The standard lineup is eight forwards, two halfbacks, four three-quarterbacks, and one fullback. Gotcha. The game begins with a scrummage. <laughs> that's scrimmage. Look for yourself. Scrimmage. How do you like that? All these years, the boys have been calling it scrimmage, and they think we're dumb. <laughs> oh, they're going to be surprised when they hear us kick these terms around. <laughs> Come on. Uh, the game starts... The game starts when you get the ball out of scrum. Ball out of scrum. Mm-hmm. Let's learn it real good. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, the snapper back sweeps the ball between his legs to the scrum halfback, who, with the front three forwards, huddles together, heads down. So that he gets... 
we look in on the Coopers once again, it's two evenings later, and we find Liz and Iris getting ready to impress George and Mr. Atterbury with their knowledge of football. The only trouble is, the girls have been studying a book on rugby by mistake. S-T-A-T-E! Yay! Now is the time, Iris. They're at it again. Okay, let's go fracture them with our great knowledge of football. Iris, do you remember all the terms? Oh, sure. You Wait a minute. Huh? Who's that famous player? Uh, uh, Rosson Robertshaw. Oh, yeah, Rosson Robertshaw. Come on, let's go. Now, in my opinion, there's no doubt about it, George. State should win easily tomorrow. Uh, I think so. I think so, too. <laughs> so do I. Oh, you do. <laughs> We're in, George. The girls think so, too. Tell me, Liz, old football fan, <laughs> what do you think of state's chances tomorrow? Well, I think they should win easily. That is, if nothing happens to their star snapper back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes it unanimous. Barring some awful break, state's... Star Snapper Back? <laughs> yes, Star Snapper Back. I uh, hope State has some good players, Liz. And so do I. Of course, we can't expect any Ross and Robert Shaws. <laughs> Ross and Robert Shaw? Who's he? <laughs> he was only the first three quarterback to disengage himself from the scrummage in order to assist the side hooker in getting the ball out of the scrum. <laughs> It's three cheers and a tiger for Ross and Robert Shaw. <laughs> and will you kindly tell me what you two are talking about? Oh, come on, fellas. Admit it. We've learned about football. And we know we're right because we got it out of a book. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Did you by any chance get that book out of our attic? Yes, what? <laughs> George, these two have been learning football from a rugby manual. Oh, no. <laughs> What's the big joke? Well, rugby is an entirely different sport than football. Uh, they don't even play rugby in American colleges. Oh. <laughs> uh, that was a, a nice try, girls. <laughs> well, can't we go to the game anyway? Oh, sorry, Liz. Uh, besides, we only have two tickets, and the game's a sellout. Is that so? Well, let me tell you, George Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. I knew how badly you girls wanted to see the game. So I arranged for two good seats for you. They're even better than ours. Really? Where are they? At our house, right in front of the television set. <laughs> oh, you stinker. <laughs> well... Let's get to bed, George. If we don't get an early start tomorrow, we might miss the first scrummage. <laughs> uh, hold, hold, hold it, George. How much further up are our seats? I'm pooped. Just, just a little wait. Row 73. Ah, here we are. Thank goodness. Well, 
These aren't bad seats at all. You can practically see the field. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, pardon us, please. Uh, pardon me. Uh, pardon. Pardon me. These raccoon coats are a little bulky. Mm. Pardon me. Well, these should be our seats right here. Yeah, there are two empty ones, but they're separated. Oh, those two girls must be in the wrong seat. Well, get it straightened out, boy. The game's about to start. Uh, uh, pardon me, miss. I, I think you're in the wrong seats. Uh, would you let me see your tickets? Oh, certainly. <laughs> oh, here they are. Seats 12 and 13. Uh, well, I have 11. Uh, what What does yours say, Mr. Atterbury? Uh, 14. George, you idiot. Oh, gosh. I don't know how this happened. Well, sit down, Pop. The game is starting. <laughs> Uh, look, would you and your girlfriend move over so my friend and I can sit together? Oh, I'm sorry, but we can't. The people sitting in front of us are nice and short. We couldn't see if we moved. Get down! Well, but look, no, we... ne Never mind, George. We'll take the seats on either side of the girls. If I want to say anything to you, I'll pass you a note. Pardon me, please. Down in throat! Shut up! <laughs> The game will start any minute. Turn the television set on. All right. I wish we were there. Good afternoon, sports fans. This is Tom Nelson bringing you today's gridiron classic between State U and Teachers College. It's a beautiful day, and the stadium is packed. While the teams were warming up down on the field, our cameraman picked up some local color I think you'll get a kick out of. Two old grads up in the stands wearing raccoon coats. Don't tell me two other men are big enough oaks to wear raccoon coats. And now we swing our camera up to the stands, and uh, there they are. Iris, look, those are our oaks. It's wonderful to see the old grads out here, folks, and these two really seem to be having a good time. I'll say they are. Look what's sitting between them. I see. George Cooper, you get out of there. Do you hear me? You get out of there. Well, they ought to start playing here pretty quick. Looks like they already have. We'll swing our cameras back down to the field. Oh, no, no, wait. Wait a minute. They moved the camera, Iris. It won't do you any good to stand over there and look in sideways. You can't see them. Well, there seems to be a delay on the field. Hey, let's go back for one more look at those two old wolves. <laughs> there they are. Those bums, Rudolph. They certainly snagged themselves a couple of cute dolls. Rudolph Atterbury, I'll give you three to get out of there. Iris, one, two, three. up there. Now we know why they wouldn't take us to that football game, those bums. Here's the window where we get the tickets, Iris. Okay, girl. I'd like two tickets, please. Certainly, for next week or the week after. <laughs> what? I want them for today. <laughs> oh. What's so funny? 
money. Well, today's game has been sold out for two weeks. Iris, it's all sold out. Uh, but we've got to get in the stadium. Oh, an emergency. Yes. A death in the family. Let us in and there will be. <laughs> huh? Look, lady, I'm busy. There aren't any tickets for today. Oh, Liz, what are we going to do? Don't worry, we'll get in some way. We've got to. But how? Wait a minute. Look over there. See all those men going in and out without tickets? But, Liz, those men are selling hot dogs and soft drinks. Well? <laughs> oh, now, Liz, you don't think that we could Why go... not? Young man, you there selling hot dogs. I'd like to talk to you a minute. <laughs> Tuck some of my raccoon coat around you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Atterbury. Rudolph. Oh, Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the least I could do. After all, George is sharing his blanket with your girlfriend. <laughs> I'm sure hungry. Oh, you are? Yeah. I'd like a hot dog. Oh, here comes the man up the aisle. Oh, allow me. It's my turn to buy. Oh, no, no, boy. It's my treat this time. Well, you buy the drink. All right. Then. Oh, here comes somebody up the other aisle with the drink. <laughs> Get your Liz is here. Can Iris be far behind? I call Pop. Oh, God. I don't know where Mom is, but I got Pop on ice. What are they doing here? There you are, George Cooper. We saw you on television. Didn't want to take us to the game, huh? Oh, Mr. Atterbury, how can we explain? Don't try to explain. Make a run for it. <laughs> we can't. They're blocking each end of the road. Head straight down. <laughs> but people are sitting there. Don't be fussy, boy. Walk on their heads. <laughs> George, do you 
feel better now, George? Oh, a little. I'd still like to know what hit me. I tackled you. Hmm. <laughs> and I thought you didn't know anything about football. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. After you explained about the seats and all, it's my fault. No, that's all right. I guess it serves us right for not taking you. I'll get it. Hello? Yes? Me? What? I should say not. Oh, who was it? Of all the nerve. Someone who saw me selling hot dogs out there today. He offered me a job. Selling hot dogs? No, playing right tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. My favorite husband has been presented to the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. Yes, it's the Gay Family Series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Transcribed and brought to you by the Jell-O family of Red Letter Desserts. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tuck. Fioca puddings. Yes, sorry. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. <laughs> In a little white two-story house located at 321 Bundy Drive in the bustling little suburb of Sheridan Falls, George Cooper is just leaving for the bank. Goodbye, my little husband. Kiss me, baby. Mm. <laughs> You'll be home for dinner, won't you? Uh-oh, dinner. Uh, Liz, I-, I forgot to tell you something. What? Now, promise me you won't get mad. Oh, go ahead. Nothing you say will upset me this morning. I'm in a good mood, and I'm going to stay that way all day long. I invited Mother to dinner. Well, that was a short day. <laughs> now, Liz, you, you promised you wouldn't get mad. I'm not mad, but your mother was here for dinner just two days ago. That was two weeks ago. How time flies. <laughs> oh, Liz, really, you're being very unfair. She's coming over to dinner tonight, so so why don't you just be nice to her? Okay, George, I'll be nice to her. I'll feed the hand that bites me. Spinach, Mother Cooper? Thank you, Liz, dear. George, would you like some spinach? I don't believe so, Liz. But, George, baby. <laughs> Now we should eat our spinach. But I don't like spinach. Oh, we must all eat a well-balanced meal to keep our strength up. After all, food is the fuel and your body is the furnace. Yeah, but George's furnace has turned into a pot-bellied stove. (laughs) I must say, Elizabeth, I don't consider that George is overweight at all. In fact, I think he's been looking a little thin and peaked lately. Uh, here it comes. <laughs> Have you been getting enough to eat, baby? Oh, sure, Mother. Well, you don't look like it to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't you worry, Mother Cooper. Baby gets his pablum every three hours. <laughs> well. Coffee, anyone? Uh, not for George, Katie. It keeps him awake, and you know he needs his beauty sleep. Uh, coffee, Mrs. Cooper? No, Katie, it keeps me awake. And you know I need my ugly nap. <laughs> All right, Liz. Uh, let's talk about Monday night. What, what are you having for dinner? Monday night? Oh, no, I forgot to tell you. What? I invited the Atterbury's and some important out-of-town clients for dinner. Oh, well, that isn't so bad, dear. How many extra will there be? Two? Four? Uh, ten. <laughs> ten? As in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Yes, and uh, two of us makes twelve. Twelve? Well, but, honey, we, we've had twelve to dinner before. I know, but I'm afraid Katie will get mad. No, she won't. Oh, I thought you were in the kitchen. <laughs> no, ma'am. Well, I know it's short notice, Katie. It, it's only two days away. But do you mind if we have twelve people to dinner Monday night? Not at all. I think it's a wonderful idea. Well, Katie, are you sure it won't bother you? It won't bother me at all. I leave on my vacation Sunday. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, gosh. What'll we do without Katie? Oh, that's simple enough. Liz will cook the dinner for 12 people. <laughs> Liz cooking for 12 people. Oh, no. <laughs> well, let's all have a big laugh. It's good for the digestion. Ha, 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 ha. Now, Liz, don't get sore. You'll have to admit that's a pretty funny idea. I fail to see what's so amusing about it. I could cook dinner. Well, of course, dear. If you knew how to cook. Well, I do know how to cook. Oh, Liz. What was wrong with the meal you just ate? Liz, did, did you cook dinner tonight? Certainly. I didn't put too much cheese in the souffle, did I? Oh. So you made the souffle, Elizabeth? Yes. Did you like it? Why, it was delicious. In fact, it was so good, I, uh... I wonder if you'd give me your recipe. I'd be glad to. I'll phone it to you in the morning. Oh, no, dear. I'd like it right now. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, you just put all the cheese and things in a bowl, and then, then you take a piece of soup and lay it on the top. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dear. But you didn't tell me how many eggs you used. Oh, eggs. Uh... Katie, you were watching me. How many eggs did I use? Six. That's right. Six eggs. <laughs> How much milk? Uh, milk. Katie... I, I... wasn't watching. <laughs> well, how many cups did it sound like? It sounded like one cup. Good ear, Katie. It was one cup. Look, Liz, why don't you just admit you don't know how to cook and we'll hire someone to come in and get the dinner for us? Well, for 12 people, maybe... George, I... baby, since Liz has failed you in your hour of need, why don't you let Mother come in and cook for you? I'd be glad to do it. That does it. I'm going to cook the dinner. Oh, come off it, Liz. You know, I'd like to see it when you're done. <laughs> Go ahead, laugh. I'll show you. I'll get dinner for 12 people, and it'll be the best, the tastiest, the most wonderful dinner you ever saw. Liz, 
Liz, is my breakfast ready yet? Here you are, George. Bacon, fried eggs, toast, and coffee. Hmm, this looks wonderful, honey. Thank you. Uh, did you cook all this yourself? Sure, nothing to it. Go ahead, dig in. Uh, Liz, these mm-hmm. eggs are stone cold. They are? Oh, darn it. Well, how could they get so cold? How long ago did you cook them? Last night. Last night? <laughs> well, George, I'm going to be so busy with the dinner party today, I, I cooked your breakfast last night and quick froze it. Oh. <laughs> good fried egg. I just didn't defrost it enough. Well, thanks anyway. I'll I'll eat breakfast downtown. Well, suit yourself. Liz, Mm -hmm. um, about this dinner party, are you sure you want to go through with it? Maybe we should have someone in. Now, don't worry, George. I have someone to help me. Who? Iris Atterbury. (laughs) Oh, brother. I get a great mental picture of you and Iris in the kitchen. Two blind mice. Never mind. We'll be just fine. Hi, Iris. Well, I've got to run, or I'll be late. I'll see you later, dear. Come on out in the kitchen. Okay. (laughs) What are you going to have, Liz? Well, I thought I'd have chicken. Wild chicken. Oh, I love it. Iris, please. Does Oscar of the Waldorf have broiled chicken? I don't know. Does he? (laughs) We're having poulet amandine. I have a wonderful French recipe. Oh, that sounds exciting. Is it hard to do? No, there's nothing to it. All it calls for is, let's see now, for the dressing, onions, Uh, butter, eggs, parsley, celery, and either mushrooms or nut meat. I love mushrooms, but I don't have any in the house. Well, I'll run down to the grocery while you're getting things ready. Oh, wait a minute. I just remembered. We have some growing in the backyard. (laughs) That's fine, fine. Oh, then I won't have to go to the... Hold it, girl. Are they mushrooms or toadstools? What's the difference? (laughs) Toadstools are poisonous. Oh, dear. Well, isn't there any way of finding out if they're toadstools or not? Oh, sure. I'll go out and eat one. (laughs) If I'm not back in half an hour, use nut meats. (laughs) Oh, Iris, don't bother. We'll put in some walnuts instead. Okay. Well, let's get started. I'll cut the onion. Well, I'll help you. We'll get done faster. Okay, here's an onion for you. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I can't understand why people make such a fuss over cooking. There's really nothing to it. Yeah. You just follow the recipe and poof, chicken amandine. Yeah. <laughs> Hand me another onion. Here. Oh, Iris, I... I didn't know cooking could be such fun. Neither did I. This is the best time I've had in ages. Me too! Well, 
Well, it's pretty obvious that here's an occasion when Jell-O can save the day. Sure as shooting, if Liz and Iris treat the clients to a Jell-O dessert, the rest of the meal will be forgiven. I'll bet they'd all go for this autumn treat. Rich red strawberry Jell-O, teamed up with tart, tangy pineapple. Just prepare strawberry Jell-O as directed, using one-half cup of canned pineapple juice for one-half cup of water. When slightly thickened, fold in one cup of diced canned pineapple and chill until firm. It's a glorious combination, because that delectable strawberry Jell-O now tastes even better than ever. Yes, it's been made richer, even more fruit-like and tempting. All six delicious Jell-O flavors are chuck full of locked-in goodness, tasting so fruit-rich and tempting, they're a new treat every time. That's strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O, a registered trademark of General Foods that stands for Red Letter Desserts. J-E-L-L-O. As we return to the Coopers, it's several hours later, and we find the kitchen knee-deep in dirty saucepans, greasy skillets, broken eggshells, and well-thumbed cookbooks. Surveying the wreckage proudly are Liz and Iris Atterbury. Well, Iris, isn't it about time to take the chickens out of the oven? Well, we've got to be sure, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What uh, oven did you use? Well, the only one we've got, that one on the stove. <laughs> no, no, I meant what temperature. Oh, what a temperature. Uh, 600 degrees. <laughs> that sounds a little high. Well, it's what the book said. Oh, no, look here. The book says 300. I know, but we have two chickens, so I doubled it. <laughs> I never would have thought of that. Let's see, what time do we put the chickens in? Nine o'clock, and it's uh, the, uh, 2.30 now. <laughs> Five and a half hours. Well, they ought to be cooked. Ooh, let's take them out of the oven. I can't wait to see them. Well? Where are they? <laughs> They've got to be in there. Look in the back. Okay. Iris, don't you know this is a gas stove? Why did you put charcoal in here? <laughs> charcoal? Yeah, see in the back? Two little lumps of charcoal. <laughs> With legs and wings. <laughs> it was all those breadcrumbs you put in. They burned like toast. Maybe we can take them out and scrape them. <laughs> no, I don't think so, Liz. I think they're done for. Oh, no, it's Mother Cooper. What timing? Timing nothing. If I know her, she waited outside till she caught the aroma of burnt meat. <laughs> She's lost the scent. <laughs> Quick, Ira, shut the oven. Okay. In the kitchen, Mother Cooper. Oh, Elizabeth, dear. Hello, Mrs. Cooper. Oh, Iris, how are you? 
I just dropped over to see how you were coming with your little dinner, Elizabeth. Oh, fine, fine. What are you having, if I'm not being too nosy? You, nosy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are you having? Chicken almond beans. Really? That's my favorite dish. But you must watch the chickens once they're in the oven. If you aren't careful, they'll burn. No. (laughs) Yes, it's true. You just keep your eye on them until they get to be a nice, crinkly brown. How about a nice, crusty black? (laughs) Please. Well? Elizabeth, what's that burn smell? It's me. (laughs) Iris just gave me a hot foot. Don't be silly. It's something in the oven. Let me see in there. No, don't. Uh Uh-huh. Just as I thought. They look like two little blackbirds. (laughs) Well, what are you going to do now? I'm going to get two and twenty more and bake them in a pie. (laughs) I wash my hands of the whole thing. Good. Well, I certainly know when I'm not wanted. Since when? Well... Good afternoon, Elizabeth. Must you rush off? Well! (laughs) That's telling her, Liz. She thinks you can't cook a dinner. So this one wasn't very good. You can cook another one? Sure. (laughs) Girl, what's wrong? I can't go through this again. Oh, I'm sure you can. And I'll help you get started before I leave. Oh, leave? Well, yes, girl. I have to get my hair fixed for the dinner tonight. You mean I'm going to have to burn the next two chickens all by myself? (laughs) Now, Liz, you just buck up. Look, I'll stop by the market on the way to the beauty shop and have them send out two more chickens. Well, okay. Uh And this time, don't try anything fancy. Put them in the pressure cooker. That way they'll be done in a hurry. Yeah, in a hurry. Yeah. And while they're on their way here, you can start the dressing. Start the dressing? Start the dressing? Liz? Huh? You're looking a little dazed. Are you sure you know what to do? Oh, sure. (laughs) While you're having your hair done in the pressure cooker, I'll take the chickens to the beauty parlor. While the chickens are having their hair done, I'll be dressing in the pressure cooker. (laughs) Poor dear. I know what you mean. That's good. Well, if you need me, I'll be down at the beauty cooker. (laughs) The pressure parlor! Good luck, girl. Sure. (laughs) What happened, girl? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Well, tell me, tell me. How'd the two chickens turn out? Which two? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I know you burned two. What about the other two? Which two? <laughs> Will you stop saying which two? Tell me what happened. Iris, you're talking to a woman who's gone through eight chickens today. <laughs> pressure cooker exploded. <laughs> well, what about the chickens? They look delicious. <laughs> what do you mean, they look delicious? I can't get them down off the ceiling. <laughs> I got so confused cleaning up after three and four, I threw five and six in the garbage disposal. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Finally, the butcher ran out of dressed birds and sent out two live ones. Well, did, you, did you cook them? Cook them? I can't even catch them. <laughs> Seven and eight were going east on Bundy Drive. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. Eight chickens and nothing to show for it. Oh, yes, I have. Before she left, seven laid an egg on the kitchen table. <laughs> Something like this might happen. So Iris, I... Iris, I have to go. There's someone at the back door. Well, don't worry about a thing, girl. I have a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, sure. Goodbye. I'm coming. Mrs. George Cooper? Yes? Dinner for 12 from Johnson's Catering Service. A dinner for 12 people? Let me see. <laughs> oh, roast beef and potatoes and green beans and... Yorkshire pudding. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm sorry. You didn't send it. You just brought it. Uh, where's the card? Here. Mrs. Cooper, I had a hunch you might have trouble with your dinner. Good luck, Katie. Oh, bless Katie and her hunches. Yeah. Oh, I'll be seeing you. Thank you again. The pleasure was all mine. <laughs> oh, that wonderful Katie. My dinner party's saved. I'll have to call Iris and tell her. Now, who's that? Hi, lady. Did you forget something? Well, not exactly. I got in my truck and I looked at the address of my next delivery... And it's you. Me? Well, let's see what this one is. Oh, my goodness. Lobster thermidor and French fries and asparagus. Oh, isn't that just scrumptious? Yeah. Aren't you going to kiss me? 
see the card. <laughs> I knew you'd be needing this, dear girl. Signed, Iris. Oh, Iris is the best friend a girl ever had, isn't she? <laughs> I'll say. Iris who? <laughs> Never mind. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, that Iris. I have to call her. Oh, no. If that's who I think it is, I'm up to my snood and food. <laughs> You again. Yeah, it's me, the horn of plenty. <laughs> well, let's see what this one is. Oh, my, would you look at that. <gasps> Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. What is it? It's pheasant under glass. Where's the card? Over here. Iris told me you were having your troubles. Hope this little snack fills the bill. Mr. Atterbury. Oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah. Oh, everything's turned out all right after all. I'm so grateful to you for bringing all these things. I want to give you a little something. Oh, boy. <laughs> Unpucker, bud. Here's your tip. Gee, a bowl of Yorkshire pudding. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello. Elizabeth, I just called to set your mind at ease, dear. Even after the way you treated me, I've saved the day for you. You have? Uh-huh. I made a complete dinner for 12, and I'll bring it over. Well, that's very nice of you, Mother Cooper, but thanks just the same. Dinner's all ready and waiting in the kitchen. Really, Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. What are you having? Well, I had a little extra time today, so I'm giving my guests a choice of prime ribs... Lobster thermidor or pheasant under glass? But I don't understand. Well, why don't you come over to dinner, too, Mother? I have plenty of food. Really? Yes, George will pick you up. Goodbye. La-dee-da! La-dee-da! Hello. Hello, dear. How's everything going? Oh, fine, fine. You uh, didn't knock yourself out cooking, did you? No, George. It was no effort at all. What time will you be here? Well, uh... uh... That's what I called to tell you about. What do you mean? Well, honey, it's uh, it's the funniest thing. I, I just checked with my calendar and... Uh, yes? The dinner isn't tonight. It's next week. Oh, no! Well, guys, that does it for Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS Comedy Show, My Favorite Husband. Join me later on tonight, guys, as I finish up Spooktober with Mr. Orson Welles in the story of Count Dracula. And then stay tuned this coming Tuesday as I bring back to the show the Queen of Suspense herself, Miss Agnes Moorhead. And then stay tuned for this coming Friday as I bring Mr. William Bendix in the NBC comedy show The Life of Riley. Stay tuned for the... as I bring such stars as... Mr. Peter Laurie, Miss Kathy Lewis, and Miss Murray Wilson in the CBS comedy show, 
my friend Irma with a slight casting change with Joan Banks as Jane in one of the episodes and many others. Hope you guys have a wonderful day and always remember to enjoy the show. Thanks.